1: Hello, welcome to My Big Idea, the weekly podcast from ASOS in which we interview a young woman about her amazing career. I'm Danielle Radoitian and this week I'm talking to Daisy Walker, a budding fashion photographer from London whose work has appeared in Dazed, ID and Italian Vogue. Daisy is also the founder of Women in Fashion, an organisation which meets for monthly discussions on gender, social norms and diversity in the fashion industry. Here's Daisy's Big Idea. Hi Daisy. Hey Danielle. How's it going?
0: <laughs> it's pretty great. It's sunny, week- so it's yeah.
1: good. How was your weekend?
0: What did I do this weekend? Oh, I've got a new photography studio, so I've been painting that DIY life.
1: Painting it all yourself?
0: Yeah, my boyfriend's helping. What colour? White. Very dull.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Keep it <laughs> Yeah, you can put anything against that as well. Your tropical which... plants. Sort of hackney, hackney style. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> what was it that sparked your interest in fashion? Um,
0: my mom was a fashion
1: buyer for, um,
0: Arcadia. Uh, so I think fashion was always in my life and I, I, originally wanted to be a stylist. Um, so I interned at Marie Claire in the fashion cupboard. No offense, Marie Claire, but it kind of was hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just what fashion cupboards are like. Um, but I realized I didn't want to be a stylist and, um, realized that photography was more the avenue I wanted to go down. How did you become a photographer? Um, yeah, this is kind of a shock to most people. I didn't intern. I didn't study it. I studied French and Spanish at uni. Um, and I just started taking photos on a disposable camera. And some magazines asked if they could use them. And then I put, used one of my mom's cameras. Not a cool one. A really lame camera that <laughs> she used to take photos of us and we were kids with. And then and I shot my first editorial on that. And
1: then I just realized that that's what I wanted to do. So I just went for it. Um, and we're here today to talk about women in fashion, which is the other part of your career that you're involved in. How did that come about?
0: Um... Well, so I uh, co-founded Women in Fashion with a good friend of mine, Lily Moore, um, who's head of creative at David Sims. And from her experience in the fashion industry and from mine, which are both quite different because we come from different avenues, we just saw that there was a lot of gender bias. There's also a lot of other issues that need to be remedied. And it's one of the only industries that doesn't have a union. So there was just um, a, a space that we felt, there was a void that needed to be filled. And there's a lot of discourse going on online, which is amazing, but there wasn't anything tangible. There wasn't a place that you could go to, to get support and to sort of discuss those issues. So that's, that's why we decided to do it. How did you set it up?
1: Um, that's an interesting question. What do you mean? What was the process? I think more the, on the practical side of mm. things, did you go about? I think uh, the first
0: thing is, I mean, neither of us had, had ever hosted events before. That's not anything that was in our experience, but we just found a venue that would give, give us a space for free. We actually got sponsors for drinks and that kind of thing initially. And too many people came. <laughs> it didn't really work.
1: Free drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, free <laughs> drinks,
0: <laughs> as per usual. Um, yeah I got too boozy and <laughs> too many people there so we brought it back down and now we only have 15 people and we have it um, at a flat so it's really comfortable And whether you're comfortable speaking or not um, and it, everyone feels like they're able to sort of pitch in and, and listen and that kind of thing um, but yeah that I mean we just literally went for it there wasn't really a formula and we're still learning now what the formula should or shouldn't be just from trial and error
1: um, how do you use social media to promote it?
0: Uh, and when we have an instagram account which um i think is fairly important because so much of this feminist discourse is has come from instagram and is happening on on instagram but at the same time there is so much conversation happening online which is amazing but we wanted this tangible real space and so for that reason the actual events themselves are more important to us than the online space because that's kind of already covered so so do you
1: have a website we do not have a website was that a conscious decision to go down yeah to use I, just
0: instagram i think so yeah we, the whole point of it is about connection and th- for that means we have the instagram account we have our uh email address and we have the events but there's no need to have a sort of face of this brand online where we can't actually engage with anyone that's there's no, there's no purpose for us in that sense if, we just want it to be more about connecting
1: and if people want to get involved with it who aren't going to be at the event itself how can they do that
0: email us (laughs) um with unite at gmail.com um or we have our instagram account which is women and fashion and just send us a comment we sell t-shirts we sell patches also we give away stickers at our events so whether you get to come to the event or whether you're on the other side of the world you can still show your solidarity with the movement show um your solidarity with gender equality and everything that we stand for and we always want to hear from everyone anyway
1: how did the t-shirts come about
0: um... T-shirts are cute. (laughs) Um, We wanted to have something. Well, it mainly started with the patches. We wanted almost this idea of scouts, you know, showing that you're a member of something. And especially with the fashion industry, it's all so interwoven and you see people on set or you see people backstage. And we wanted to sort of break down some of those harsh barriers in the industry where it can sort of be a bit catty and a bit mean. And so you can see someone wearing the badge and know, oh, that person's on my wavelength. That person is a member as well. so the T-shirts were an extension What are the slogans? Um, i I am equal is one breast friends forever is another one Um, we're having some t-shirts made with tit for tat on them with nipples drawn on (laughs) of course (laughs) it's an ongoing process do you make money from those we don't they just cover their costs we're not for profit it's just to create a sort of sense of community and so people can sort of gather together it can be a really mean industry
1: and we just want it to be a little bit fairer and a little bit nicer so tell me what happens a typical event or maybe there isn't a typical one so tell me what happened at the last event you put so on so the
0: last one was actually different from normal we had Sora Houston from Days Are Confused and her amazing mom, Lorna who is a lecturer for uh, gender studies and they came and presented the uh, key touch points for modern feminism and we discussed it from there but generally we choose a theme and we whether that's related to an article that's come out recently or something that's happened in the media so it's all very um, relatable Um, and then we just kind of discuss it from there completely open forum no opinion is a wrong opinion there's lots of booze there's lots of guacamole that I
1: make (laughs) and it's obviously great (laughs) do people use social media when they're at the the events themselves to promote it
0: I guess it makes sense because it's real time Um, not really so much Instagram but yeah I think Snapchat kind of makes more sense
1: what kind of people are there
0: a lot of I mean a lot of members from Days of Confused we have um, why
1: them in particular
0: I think they're a really good publication for supporting um, supporting fairness, supporting minorities. Um, they're also very youthful, um, and I think that I mean. It's the individuals from the magazine who have chosen to become a part of women in fashion and want to see some change themselves. So it's more on an individual basis that people are coming back time and time again and letting their friends know. And that's actually mainly how we've grown our fan base has just been people letting their friends know and getting excited about it that way. I would really love for some stage for there to be a New York version, a Paris version, or any city for someone to take it it out of our hands and you know continue that message because the message is just is such a simple one we just want more fairness we want to be able to talk with people from different experiences i come from a white privileged experience but a female one and i can just i have that experience to share but there are so many other experiences that both lily and i don't have and we want to make sure that we're being really inclusive of those and whether that's discussing it in london whether that's someone taking up the reins in new york or anywhere um we'd love to see it grow in that way Is there
1: a relationship between the two things you do in your working life? Yeah. Photography on one hand and women in fashion on the other?
0: There definitely is. And it's become more and more that way. I think I've become better known for... Um, my interest in women, um, also the role of masculinity, femininity, um, questioning those kind of tropes and putting those into my photography. And now I'm being asked by people like Refinery29 to do shoots specifically about women or about insecurities um i'd love people to ask me to shoot men more because <laughs> i think that's just as important you know women in fashion i just want to make it really clear it's not just for women in fact our most avid members are all men so and i think that's really important it's not a women's issue it's a societal issue and um, that's how we see it anyway and yeah i'd love to shoot boys more <laughs> I always just make them, end up, I end up making them look like girls anyway. You so. should come to
1: ASOS. There's loads of boys here yeah, to shoot. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'll take you down afterwards. It might, might
0: be, need to be like an organised thing. i just turn <laughs> up and start taking pictures of people.
1: I'm actually interested in the fact that you invite men to these events as well. Um, and how do you think it changes the atmosphere?
0: Um, I mean, I don't really feel that it changes the atmosphere hugely. We've never had a single event when boys haven't come. Um, it's become a steady increase of how many boys do come. But, um, you know, I think it, it's it's so easy for issues of gender equality to become a women's discussion topic. And But it's, bearing in mind that women only make up 51% of the UK population, it doesn't make sense if only we are discussing it. Also, I think there's a lot of issues that come about through this very tight notion of masculinity. I don't think patriarchy works for men or women fully. Um, And I think it's really important that we give space to both of those issues to discuss. But nonetheless, if you wanna solve an issue, you can't only have 50% of the people involved talking about it, you need to have it wider than that. And I think it's really important to have that sense of support, whether they're, you know, whether your friends are male or female, it's important that we're all supporting each other. So speaking of support, I know you mentor somebody Yes. Can you tell me a bit about that? Um, I kind of have a little sister called Fern. Um, We met on set um, and we had a lot of similar viewpoints um, on the body we both like to grow our hair we like to be really natural um but we both sort of by hair you mean under under hair hair, yeah that kind of thing do you see
1: that as a political statement or do you just see that as perfectly natural and normal a
0: mixture of both it is perfectly natural and normal but we're so used to shaving it off that it of course is a political statement anywhere i go i lift up my arm and someone stares at it but the good thing is that people stare at it for a second and then have you ever shaved your armpits oh yeah you know my entire life until about a year and a half ago. What made you decide
1: to to stop doing that?
0: Um I just I've I just had a thought process one day. I think I was in the shower and I was shaving my underarms and I was like, I can't believe every single day of my life, probably since I was like, I guess 13 14, I spend 5 to 10 minutes every morning doing something for everyone else and not for myself. I don't care about have underarm hair. I why why would I care? I don't even look at my underarms. <laughs> I'm doing it for people I don't even know. So what, you know, think how many hours that is a week, a month, a year? I just don't wanna have to constantly edit myself just for someone
1: else, so. And what does your mentoring involve?
0: Um, I mean, I think Fern and I have got more of a big sister, little sister relationship now, and have become closer friends in that way. But initially it was just sort of sharing really common experiences. I think I had a lot of the same experiences as her growing up at that age. Mm. What's the Um, age difference
1: between you two? She's
0: 18 and I'm 26. Um, and I also have a good relationship with a 17 year old who's still at school I just think being at school as a girl is really hard there are so many changes that you go through at the same time at the same time your body is changing society is telling you that you have to act and be different all of a sudden because your body is and I think there's It's so much to handle at the same time. And I personally wish I had a girl who was older than me to tell me it's okay, your body is still yours. Whatever decision you make is your own and you don't need to conform to what anyone else is telling you you need
1: to do. I think
0: we just need to have a little bit more ownership of Mm. our bodies.
1: Do you think that's something that women in their 20s should do more of, mentoring?
0: I'd love to see it. If people are comfortable to do it, I'd love to
1: to see that. I'd love to see more
0: organisations kind of offering that. Um, but I guess, you know, it's, it's a case of whether that, you know, some people are really amazing teachers, some people are really amazing listeners. If you're either of those, then I think mentoring is an amazing thing to do, or whether it's just a case of starting a friendship with someone younger than yourself. I have friends much older than myself and much younger than myself, and I learn from both of them equally. I think Mm. there's so much to be learned just from different experience. Fern has a younger experience than myself, but that doesn't mean it's any less valid, and
1: I'm constantly learning from her. You're obviously really well versed in the issues of the day, especially around gender, uh, diversity and so mm-hmm. on. How do you stay up to date with all that? Online. <laughs> um, Any particular websites you're looking at? Um,
0: the news a lot. Um, I mean... Which I, news sites? Well, my God... Sky, BBC, ITV right. also So
1: everything, it's not you don't take a political stance and go I only read The Guardian no, or I, I only don't, read I, The Daily Telegraph because I'm really right wing which I yeah, can no, see you're probably not <laughs> I'm very,
0: very in the middle and I think yeah. it's important to Educate yourself on all fronts and then make a value judgment on that. Anything you read is going to be slightly skewed because they're all written by humans and we are skewed. (laughs) We have (laughs) opinions, So I think it's important to just go middle of the road, read as much as you can and then make your own opinion. I don't think any opinion is right or wrong. I've just formed my own from the research that I've done.
1: What about non-traditional press? In what sense? Do you look at anything, for example, Lena Dunham's Lenny Letter? Yes, I read Tavis, Lenny. Mag- one, of my, one of the
0: things that I have most enjoyed and has, I think, sort of supported um, my formation of opinions has been a group on Facebook called Wolf Whistled. Um, it's, it's very much kind of a support group, and it was a little bit of an inspiration for women in fashion. You know, it started off, a friend of mine started it a few years ago, and it's global now, and in the thousands. And it's just women coming together, sharing articles that they found or sharing experiences like, I just got harassed on the street. This guy said this. I was too afraid to say anything. I really wish I had. What do you guys think is the best response for the next time it happens? And then everyone comes back with supportive, you know, uh, comments, advice or just being like, God, that's really shit. I'm sorry you went through that. In, and, and a lot of my opinions come from these shared articles and, and very often different opinions from my own and that's how you discover what your opinion is seeing something that you actually don't agree with or that you have a slightly different take on
1: for girls or women or men who are interested in learning more about what's happening on instagram about these issues that you're talking about yeah. what are the best hashtags Look for?
0: Ooh, I don't really know if I search so much by hashtags. I search free the nipple a lot. Right. um, But you don't really see that much there because Instagram (laughs) got that policy locked down. Um, (laughs) What else? I don't really think I search by hashtags. That's probably a rarity. Probably people do search a little bit more by hashtags. But um, I generally, for me, I think words are stronger than imagery when it comes to a political stance because you are able to better explain yourself. Um, that probably sounds strange coming from a mm-hmm. photographer explain
1: a bit more about what you mean by that
0: um, I'd ra- personally I'd rather read an, uh, a lengthy article that can really go into the nitty gritty of what the facts are and why this person has that opinion so that I can fully understand it and gain my own rather than look at uh, an image which can only speak for however many words or however, however many seconds I think this is why we have women in fashion really being able to properly explain your viewpoint and also really properly hear other people's i think is the best way to sort of gain a better understanding and and move forward that way
1: and you personally yes what can we expect to see from you in the next five to ten years oh my god that's huge um what's the dream the dream
0: is i'd love to live in new york at some point women in fashion (laughs) 2.0 New York edition Um, (laughs) Continuing I mean my career Is a fashion photographer Uh, Women in fashion Is We we do it every single month And it's really important It's probably the thing I'm most excited about But my career Is a fashion photographer I also do some writing As well for women's magazines Um, Which magazines Are you writing for? Well um, I don't want to say Because nothing's come out yet (laughs) <laughs> Don't that. Watch, watch the space watch this space um, but I want to do some more I certainly want to do some more writing um, uh, I, I guess for the next five to ten years is continue working on my career shooting as much as possible um, for the same clients and bigger um, but um, the most important thing to me is to make sure that whatever I'm shooting I'm still maintaining My integrity and and the elements that are really important to me, like diversity, like um, different ages, showing a, a different idea than what the fashion industry has shoved down our throats for so long, basically, that you're only beautiful if you're tall, white and thin. You know, I think that is so damaging. And I think it really damaged me growing up, only seeing that kind of imagery. So for me, I think it's important that whatever I do over the coming years, I'm making sure that where possible... If possible, I'm putting forward the, my own belief systems in that
1: work. That's great. Yeah. Really interesting. <laughs> Thanks so much, Daisy. Thanks, Danielle. So that was Daisy Walker talking about her big idea. I'm Danielle Radoitchen. Tune in next week to hear the next My Big Idea and listen to previous episodes on iTunes, ACAST, or your favorite podcast app. Bye.